Hi, and welcome to 100% Yourself with Barbara. Today I want to talk to you about why my burnout ended up to be probably the most life-changing, wonderful event that has ever happened to me. And in order to understand that, I need to tell you about my story. So I need to take you back to when I was younger. Because when I was growing up, I often got told by my parents and my teachers that I was too sensitive. They told me, don't take everything so seriously. You are far too sensitive. You have to learn to shield yourself more. You need to grow a thicker skin. You shouldn't take everything to heart. Don't get so worked up about it. Just let it go. Don't take everything so personally. Learn to let things go. And in hearing those words, I create this story that I am not good enough and that there is something wrong with me, that I am weird or strange. And in hearing those words, I decided to suppress my sensitivity and to survive through my powers of reasoning to prove that I am a normal person just like everybody else so that I could get their approval and their love. So I forced myself to be big and strong and to show a brave face to the outside world and to do what was expected of me. And this continued on throughout my childhood. So let's fast forward to when it all fell apart. I am 32 years old and I'm working as a project manager for this IT company. The company is struggling and as a result, I am under a lot of pressure to make the project succeed. Because if this project was not a success, then that would have meant bankruptcy for the company. But the customer is difficult and my boss is not giving me the support I need. And I'm also responsible for my team and things are not running smoothly. So I am under a tremendous amount of pressure. But at the same time, my boyfriend of seven years ends our relationship totally unexpected. There were no warning signs. We did not even have a fight. One night, after watching a movie, he just stands up and he tells me that he no longer wants to be with me and that I have to move out by the end of the week. And I just sat there, eyes round, completely blown away, thinking, what? And that is how I ended up in my burnout. And it felt like I lost contact with me completely. I felt like my reasoning and my feelings are no longer in touch and they were definitely not communicating with each other. I was always able to think things through intellectually, but when it came to my feelings, I just couldn't do it anymore. I knew what I had to do and I just couldn't. I suddenly have all these emotions that I don't know how to handle. I can't stop crying and I'm so incredibly tired and all I can think is, why is this happening to me? 
I work so hard and I'm a good person. So why? Why, why, why? And I didn't realize that by thinking that, I was actually putting myself into a victim position, that I was embracing victimhood. But looking back, that was exactly what I was doing. I felt like everything was happening to me. All other people were doing things to me and I felt like I didn't have any say in it. I didn't have any control over it. And I felt completely, utterly steerless. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. And the only thing I could do was sleep for 18 hours and cry and sleep and cry and sleep and cry. And I did feel that the burnout was coming. I did feel it coming and I knew I had to do something about it. So I went to my manager and I told him about how I was feeling. I told him about the problems in the project. I told him about the client and I told him that I felt like I was walking on eggshells. And I also felt that if it, if things continued this way, that it would burst, that the bomb would burst. And he told me, well, okay, this is not a good thing. We are going to help you. We are going to change stuff. And I felt so relieved, but nothing happened. No help came and nothing changed. And things just went on the way they were going. And it became worse and worse for me. And um, I went to my manager a second time and I asked him about the help he had promised me. And I asked him when the changes would become in, would come into effect. And I again told him how I was feeling and how I was being treated and uh, that I couldn't hold on much longer. And he again promised me help. And he again told me that things were going to change. And again, nothing happened. And, and that was the thing I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared for if you finally recognize the signals of your body, because that also took a really long time. Looking back, there were a lot of signs that I just didn't know were signs that I ignored, like uh, my migraines, um, feeling tired, uh, always having a tense neck, always having tense shoulders, uh, bowel problems, always soft stools, um, problems with digestion, uh, problems with my energy management, but also with uh, cold hands, cold feet. These are all signs that things are not optimal in your life and that you should try and change them. But I didn't recognize those signs. And if you ignore those ones because you either recognize them or actually ignore them, then your body comes with um, more intense signs. Uh, and this can be... Um, hurting yourself when you go to the gym, uh, missing the edge of a curb and then and, and twisting your ankle or actually ending up into a car crash because you need the rest. And if you don't listen to the signals of your body telling you that you need rest, then the universe or your higher self steps in and creates situations that basically push you to take that time for yourself. And that happened to me a lot as well. I, I had accidents. Um, I hurt myself while uh, going to the gym or with dancing, uh, twisting my ankle with running, um, hurting my hip 
uh, also with dancing, uh, those types of things that had never happened before suddenly started to happen. And, and when I didn't listen to those, I ended up in a car crash, a really serious one that ended me up with a really bad whiplash. And even then, you know, I had the tow truck tow me to my work. I had been in a very serious car crash and I couldn't tell left from right. And still I felt like I needed to go to work and I had the tow truck tow me to work. And when I got there, my colleagues, they saw that I was white as a sheet and I couldn't even answer their questions coherently and they sent me home. But that was how uh, devoted or motivated I was. I, I, I was on my way to work when the accident happened and, and I just went on to work after the accident happened. And um, I even came back to work the next day and worked the first week 40 hours a week until I found that I just couldn't anymore. I, it's, it's bizarre what happens to you when you have a whiplash and we, when you've had such a car crash. Even the most mundane actions suddenly took so much energy. Uh, holding the wheel, for instance, while driving, I, I could barely lift my arms. So holding the wheel was too much effort. I could barely manage it. And overtaking cars on the highway and, and having to, to check your surroundings and the speed with which you were traveling, all these things suddenly became too much. And they are the things you don't think about in normal when you are feeling normal. And, and those are the things you do on your autopilot. And it was like my autopilot broke down and I couldn't do those things anymore. And, and also at work, I couldn't focus and concentrate for uh, a long period of time. So I was struggling with my job, with, uh, with the things that I needed to do. And I went up to my boss and I asked him, can I just come and work in the mornings and then at lunchtime go home, sleep for an hour and then work from home a couple of hours so that I am still able to do a lot of work, but that I can just sleep in between because I feel like I need it and I cannot manage when I don't do this. And he didn't agree. He sent me to the company doctor and the moment I got there and I told my story, the company doctor, he looked at me and he asked me, are you serious? Is there something wrong with you? Are you crazy? And, and I felt hurt by those words, but he said, you've been in a serious car accident and instead of taking good care of yourself, you are still only thinking of your boss. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And he ordered me to go home and to stay home for three months and to not go to work and to take good care of myself. And that really opened my eyes, you know. And uh, of course, my boss didn't like it. He, um, he didn't like that the company doctor had ordered me to stay home. And um, after three months, I had to go back and... Uh, I spoke with the company doctor again and, and it, I was doing a little better and, and it also in those three months when I just gave in to how bad I was feeling, that was when it hit me how truly bad I was actually feeling, how truly bad things were going for me. And it also, I also realized how much I was repressing, how much I was pushing away, how not in touch with my body I actually was and and that was kind of scary you know because I hadn't felt that before I, I hadn't even realized that before so it was really confronting um, and at that moment I didn't like it 
at all. But now I think it was a really good thing, you know. And um, yeah, so after three months, I, I, I was at the company doctor again and uh, I was doing a little bit better and I was allowed to work for an hour, uh, three days a week. And that was excluding my uh, travel time. So um, I started to slowly um, reintegrate and get back to work. And that was also a thing that my boss really didn't like. And uh, I think I was back to working for two hours every day when he called me into his office and he told me that they wanted to fire me because I wasn't motivated enough. And I don't think you could have hit me harder if you had actually hit me in the face. I had let myself be towed to the office by the tow truck after a severe car crash, after which I started working or, or remained working for 40 hours and, and now they want to fire me because I wasn't motivated enough while I was still recuperating. It, it, it hurt me into the depths of, of my soul. And I think this was, was the prelude to, to the burnout. And, um, uh, obviously, I lost that job, which I think is also a good thing because you don't want to work for a boss who treats his employees in, in, in that manner. But then I ended up with the, pro the, the, the company I told you about with the nasty client and the project uh, that took so much out of me. And um, the manager that promised help but didn't do it. And um, one moment I just snapped. I went to work and what I also started doing, maybe you will recognize this, is, is I started to push my going to bed time on Sunday. Because the moment I went to sleep on Sunday, the next moment would be Monday and I had to work again. And somewhere I started postponing going to bed because that meant also postponing having to go to work. And that's also one of the signs that I recognized in hindsight that were telling me that something seriously needed to change. But at the time, it, it just didn't register. And um, I remember that day I, I, I went to work um, and I had arranged a meeting with uh, one of the people from the client to smooth things over and to find solutions for the things that were not working. And I think 15 minutes before our meeting was supposed to start, she called me up. She was still in Amsterdam and that's more than an hour's drive away from where we were. And she just told me that she wasn't going to come. No explanation, no other thing, just that she wasn't going to come. And for me, that was the final straw. It was the drop that made the bucket overflow. And uh, I, I told her everything I was feeling. I told her everything I thought about her, uh, what I thought about the client, what I thought about the project, what I thought was wrong. And um, yeah, I was brutally honest. Things you should not say in that manner to a client was everything that came out of my mouth. And I could hear myself saying those things and I was just unable to stop it. And she hung up crying in the middle of it. And I felt really bad, but I, it, it, was, it was just enough. You know, I've had it. I had reached my limit and I just couldn't do it anymore. And when she hung up, crying I went to my manager and and I honestly told him what had happened and also that it was inevitable 
and um, he agreed and he said that his hands had been tied by our director that he wanted to help that he had promised me to help but the director had prevented him from actually helping so yeah i won't bother you with what i thought about him and his balls but i i think you can guess <laughs> by this point and um yeah that's the moment i called in sick and if i look at it now i should have called in sick sooner you know, um, but I had been brought up with you are only sick when you cannot move anymore, when you physically cannot get yourself to get out of the bed anymore. And I could still get myself out of out of bed. Uh, it became more and more difficult, uh, but I could still get myself out of bed and I didn't have a cold. I didn't have a headache. I didn't have anything broken. So I did not feel like I could call in sick. And that's why I kept going and going and going. And I think that this is also a key difference in uh, how a burnout happens for a sensitive person in, in uh, difference to uh, a non-sensitive person. What I hear from them is that they are suddenly in a burnout and they don't know how they ended up there, which for me is something very difficult to understand because I knew exactly what was happening. And I knew exactly where it was heading. I just wasn't able to do anything about it. But I knew exactly uh, that it was going to happen and why it was going to happen. Um, but apparently the other non-sensitive people, the 80% of the world's population, can end up in a burnout without having a clue why they ended up in there. Um, so that's, that's a key thing to remember. And um, yeah, I, I should have called in sick. Um, but I didn't and um, uh, I ended up doing it anyway when the bomb finally burst and for my own health that was too late and uh, I discovered that the way out of the burnout for a sensitive person is so completely different than the way out of a burnout for those 80% of non-sensitive people I just talked about and um, I got sent to uh, a a psychiatrist or a psychologist, I can't remember, but um, from my employer on, and it was mandatory, I needed to go there and they wanted to do uh, cognitive-based therapy with me. And um, that is what works for the 80% because they give you exercises and things so that you realize how you ended up there but i already knew that information so she gave me exercises and i told her i know exactly what you want me to learn from this and she said really what do you think i want you to learn and i told her well you want me to learn this this and this and this and she looked at me and her mouth dropped open and she said yeah exactly that and i told her i already know all this shit. doesn't help one bit but i already know all this shit." so we came to the conclusion that cognitive-based therapy was not going to help me and it will not help most other highly sensitive people because we do know what happened and we do know how we ended up there. We just don't know how we could have avoided it. That is the ascension of what I do for people with too much stress or with burnout symptoms. But more on that later. I am in my burnout. And I, I hated every minute of it while I was in it. I felt like I had let everybody down. I felt like I wasn't worth breathing the air for everybody else. I felt lower than low. I felt like uh, such a huge disappointment. And I was very harsh for myself because that is something that we sensitives are very good at as well. We are very good at 
having really, really high expectations for ourselves. We raise the bar so high for ourselves that it's, it's virtually impossible to rise up to that challenge. And when we understand other people or we understand their actions and we feel like it's okay and, 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 and we give them uh, slack, for instance, that's something we have a really hard time doing towards ourselves. We measure, we measure up to that really high uh, standard and, and, and usually we find ourselves lacking and then we give ourselves shit for it as well. And that was what I was doing in my burnout. Um, I was giving my, myself hell for it. I didn't give myself understanding. I didn't give myself um, what I needed. And, 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 and I was really hard on myself. And um, I remember that, that during this time, my boss told me that he thinks I'm an HSP because his wife is one and he recognized a lot of her in me. And uh, that made me one as well. And... When he said that, I didn't even recognize the term HSP. I didn't know what he meant by it. And, I, and I, I honestly, I thought that he was calling me a name because he was disappointed in me for failing and for ending up in that burnout. And, and I, I remember thinking, how am I ever going to get out of this burnout? How am I ever going to feel like myself again? But also what I'm going to do with my life and what shape does it need to take for me to feel better? Am I, am I actually able to feel better than I am now? And uh, it was a very confusing time ending up in that burnout. Um, but I, I, I remembered the term HSP. It stuck with me. And, and one day I decided to just Google it. And boy, did that open up a whole new world to me. I... I, I recognized so much, it really felt like I came home to myself. Hungry, I read every book and every forum post I could find on high sensitivity. And I discovered that I am not weird. I am not strange. And there's nothing wrong with me. And most of all, there are other people like me. And the more I read and the more I understand about myself and my sensitive trait and everything that came with it, the more insight I got into my own user manual. And while I am reading and learning, the process suddenly takes me back to my childhood and, and all the things that the people used to tell me. And I suddenly had this realization that they told me those things to help me. Because they loved me and because they wanted the best for me. They care so much that they wanted to shield me from the pitfalls of being highly sensitive. And they just wanted to make life easier for me. And I just didn't recognize it at the time. And little by little, bit by bit, I start to allow my sensitivity back into my life. I did so many different therapies. I went to so many different people and some didn't help at all. Some gave me a little piece of the puzzle and it took me almost two years, I think, to get out of that burnout and to finally feel whole again, 
to finally feel like my head and my heart have found each other again and to realize that it is okay to be me, sensitive and all. And that is basically what happened during my burnout. Um, It forced me to take a good look at myself and it taught me to stay in touch with my own body more to pay attention to the messages that my body was sending me and to actually do something with those messages. It taught me to trust in my body again. And it taught me that I have this wonderful gift called my intuition and that I needed to listen to it more. And it it, it helped me to start to trust in it and I also learned how to protect myself and my energy and to feel my boundaries, to know what my limits are and and to guard them well. And from that moment on, I honor my sensitive side because of the beautiful things that it brings me. And I know that you too will appreciate these beautiful aspects of being a sensitive alien, like compassion, deep intuition, authenticity, empathy, and the ability to heal. But my burnout also taught me how to handle the Achilles heel of being sensitive, like being discouraged easily, taking things personally, being overwhelmed easily, having a hard time setting boundaries, and constantly feeling tired or tense. And you know what? The moment I take charge of my inner self, I realize that the only reason I have never accomplished what I wanted in life was because I never fully embraced my unique alienness. And by not fully embracing my unique alienness, my sensitivity, my empathy and my intuition, I am actually sabotaging myself over and over again. And that realization, that was the moment I not only decide to embrace myself, my unique alienness and everything that came with it completely, but it was also the moment that I decided to start my own company, to use the experiences I've had in my burnout and all the things that I've had or needed to do to get out of it as the basis for my company. It was a dream that I've had for a very long time, but one that I kept on postponing. In hindsight, because I did not have enough confidence in myself, and also because it's just so damn scary to step out of your comfort zone. It seemed safe to keep working for a boss. I also didn't know anybody that was an entrepreneur that I could talk to, that could help me and that could inspire me. So I let my fears hold me back from embracing the glorious mess that I am. But now that I have my company, now that I am helping millions and millions of other sensitive aliens embrace their glorious mess, embrace their unique alienness and step into a life that makes their heart sing. That is what I want to share with you. 
that feeling of awesomeness, that feeling of freedom, I don't regret for even a moment having taken that step to start for myself. On the contrary, I am happier now than ever that I have finally started my own company. And that is what I want for you. I won't lie to you. Having your company is not always easy and sometimes it's downright hard. And there's also a lot to take into account, especially when you do everything by yourself like me. You need to learn a lot of skills and not just in your area of expertise, but also about how to be a successful entrepreneur, how to do your marketing, to do your bookkeeping, uh, everything to do with IT and so on. But as a sensitive entrepreneur, as a solepreneur, as an ambitious alien, you also need to learn how to protect yourself and your energy, especially when you work with other people and are, for instance, a coach, a therapist, a teacher, or some other profession that works a lot with other people. But especially as a sensitive entrepreneur, you have the advantage that our non-sensitive colleagues in the same area of expertise lack. You have an ironclad intuition and you sense things very precisely. You can read between the lines and you are a born mediator. And these are just a few examples of the advantages that being sensitive have to offer. And this and much more is what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to embrace your unique alienness and how to use your sensitivity and your intuition as your superpowers, both within your personal life as well as within your business. I want to teach you to feel like your effortless, authentic self and to connect with your passion and your heart's desire. I want to help you embrace and overcome your life story so that you can love and accept yourself unconditionally. I want you to feel happy, confident and focused with enough energy to be able to do anything you want. And I want to give you insight into your pitfalls and your strengths so that you know which areas in your life or business you need to pay more attention to and in what areas you can flourish. And you see, that is why my burnout ended up to be a blessing in disguise because it really forced me to take a long, hard look at both my life and myself and to make the necessary changes in order for me to embrace who I really am and then create this life that I have now that fills me with joy and love and blessings and happiness. And that is what I want for you too, because you are such a beautiful person. Maybe you are on a mission. Maybe you have a dream, a vision. But I know for sure that you have an amazing gift that you need to share with the world. And because of it, you can build a hugely successful business, a hugely successful business where you get paid to share your dream and message with millions. You can make a massive impact on the world and change the lives of millions while doing what you love and loving every second of what you do. You 
can have this beautiful lifestyle friendly business. You might be thinking, Barbara, what are you talking about? But this is for the intuitive empath that wants to connect with their passion and their heart's desire. This is for the mission-driven solpreneur who wants to get paid to really make a difference in the world. This is for the highly sensitive person who wants to use their sensitivity, intuition, empathy and other gifts and talents as their superpowers. It's for the ambitious alien that wants to learn how to embrace their unique alienness and connect to their soul's purpose. This is for the sensitive leader that's tired of feeling sick and tired, tired of feeling drained at the end of the day and is ready to feel like their effortless, authentic self. It is for the expert that's sick of feeling like running a business equals a struggle. This what I do in my practice, this is for you. I want to offer you a free clarity session to get clear on what it is that you want most in life, what is holding you back and precisely which steps you need to take to get to where you want to be. Are you ready to embrace and overcome your life story and to learn how to love and accept yourself who you really are so that you can connect to your passion and lead the life you always dreamed of but never thought possible and get paid to make an impact on the world. If any of what I have talked to you about today resonates with you, then say yes, I'm ready and take me up on that offer for a free clarity session. I would love to get to know you. You can register for your free clarity session if you go to www.hspcoachbarbara.com slash yes and claim that session. You are an alien. I would love to call my friend. I would love to help create a life that makes your heart sing. Thanks for listening and talk to you again next time.